Hi, my name is Matt Locke and this is the Everyday Athlete Podcast. The podcast for the everyday athletes around the world who refuse to be average and who want to create a legacy of health, fitness and achievement in every aspect of their life. I'm glad you're here and once again it's time to forge your future. Nick Muxlow, welcome to the Everyday Athlete Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on. No, absolutely. Now, you are an accomplished triathlete and ultra-distance runner in your own right. Uh, you're also the founder of The Ultra Journey. And if that's not enough, you're also the author of two books, one called The Journey to 100, and the other one is called The Kona Journey. You've been a busy guy in the last few years, I'd say. Absolutely. Love it. Um, but yeah, can't fit enough into life without a doubt. So... No, yeah. well, fantastic. It's great. it's great to have you here. And I think just for our listeners, if you could uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves, where, where you are in the world, and a little bit about your background to, to get the ball rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm basically a running and a triathlon coach. I and mean, I work with 50 kilometer and 100 kilometer ultra marathon runners and Ironman triathletes. And I allow them to finish with a smile, which does seem like a little bit of a contradiction. How on earth could you be finishing with a smile? But it certainly does happen. And yeah, I'm basically based in Adelaide. So we've got an absolute beautiful playground for this. So I've been out running on the trails this morning already with the Thursday morning run group that I have. And we've just got a, a normal loop that we do, seen the kangaroos, seen the koalas out this morning. And now I'm back at the computer, um, fortunately listening to you and about to jump into a bit of coaching. So I coach runners basically locally, interstate and overseas um, and then a few triathletes as well. So that's what I spend my time doing. You, you certainly stay busy. Are you training for a comp at the moment or uh, are you just in full-on coaching mode and maintenance mode for yourself? Uh, no, I'm, I'm very much training for a comp at the moment. It's interesting you've asked that one. I've got, uh, we've got a local race that's on Saturday, uh, the Heisen 105, which takes in part of the Heisen Trail. The Heisen Trail is a 1,200-kilometer trail um, that starts down the coast in Cape Jervis and goes to a gorgeous part of South Australia, uh, the Flinders Ranges. Um, and this is on a little bit just out of sort of Kaipo area. So I'm fronting up for the 60-kilometer race there. Can't wait. And I've got an absolute team of athletes that are running, most doing the 100, um, a few doing the 60 as well. And I just can't wait to be out there with them. They saw my name on the list and then they've been like, oh, my goodness, you're running with us. I'm like, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, they're primed and ready to go. So it's been, it's been an interesting week because their training comes down. And, yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. You're, uh, you're leading by example. Good on you. It's the only, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> it's definitely the only way to do it. Uh, an obvious question, and, and I'm conscious we're going to dive into some uh, really good stuff in a moment, but I, I'm loving this as well, I have to say. I'm completely self-indulgent at this point. But uh, for your 60K race, are you looking to just turn the legs over, have some fun and be a part of it, or are you looking to get onto the podium, which is certainly familiar territory for you? Yeah, this one... Because there's been only a few races on, it is a super strong field. We've got um, quite a few really strong uh, runners in South Australia. So if I'm, I'm fortunate that I have been on the podium before, um, I definitely love to be back up there. 
but I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be tough competition, that's for sure. So there's probably about five to six guys on the men's side that can definitely, you know, all going well, can easily be up there. So hope to be amongst the mix, but we'll just have to wait and see. 60Ks, a lot can happen and it can happen and go well or it can happen and go poorly, which is obviously not what I um, intend to do. <laughs> that's what I try and stop. Uh, again, time to lead by example. <laughs> yeah. For so, sure. But uh, no, a lot of people, as you said at the beginning, a lot of people would kind of uh, roll their eyes and go, oh, you know, iron distance triathlons and 100-kilometer or 100-mile running races. Oh, madness. How can you do it? How can anyone want to do that? And, of course, you and I both have uh, that shared passion, so we get it. And often it's the case that to help people understand how achievable it is if you apply yourself to it, if you, if you have the right why in place and are able and prepared to commit to it, but as well to make it somehow understandable and relatable. Most people who certainly I talk to in our audience are either employed in a business or are business owners. And it's there are some very strong parallels that can be drawn from the endurance training and racing and applied in a business environment. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I certainly, before, uh, my background's actually in education, in teaching right. um, originally. So I'm qualified as a PE health outdoor education teacher, which was high school. So I actually studied in human movement, which is exercise and sports science and education. So I'd spent, you know, nearly seven, eight years doing that. And then I started, started business and didn't know a lot. You kind of know what you picked up. And it wasn't until I started that I just went, oh my goodness, the skill set that I've learned through sport um, and implemented through my training is just mm. completely parallel to what you have to be able to put in place for business. And so that's what's really given me the ability to get to where I am today, without a doubt. Yeah, no, awesome. Uh, we're, we're very well aligned on this, I have to say. So um, how would you say running and coaching is similar to business? What are some of the examples that you would, uh, yeah, what that, that would come to your mind? Oh, for sure. So running is very much about planning. A lot of people, you know, they start and they just don't have any um, processes in place. And so it's not until you actually start putting the planning in place and the processes in place that you can actually start to make achievements. And so everyone often goes, oh, you know, I want to improve by, and they might put a percentage on it in business, in advertising, in, you know, bringing new clients or their conversions. So like, cool, I want to, you know, I want to get a 10% improvement or 15%, whatever it is. And the thing they don't realize is that doesn't just happen. You actually have to basically break that down into small achievable chunks. And that's then what allows you to get to your end goal. So as a coach, I'm forever saying, you know, focus on the one percenters because to get to 10%, at some stage, you've got to improve by 1% and then 2% and then 3% to collectively get there. And so if we basically look at, say, running, if I can improve a runner by 1% regularly, and that might be, say, in their nutrition and their hydration, I improve their training, I improve their run form, I improve their fitness, I improve their strength, suddenly I've just bagged 6%, okay? And that's without even thinking about it. Mm. If I do that 10 times, I've got a 10% improvement straight off. It's like, it's totally awesome. And so that knowledge is what basically transfers over to business. And so if we're basically trying to improve in business, we need to actually break it down to what can we do today 
that allows us to be better tomorrow. And if we are better today and we're better tomorrow and we're better the day after and we get this compounding effect, then suddenly in 12 months, 18 months, two years, what seemed unachievable is totally, you're, you're there. You're already dreaming of your next thing and you're you know, continuing to work forward. So I really find that's probably like the most uh, similar part of it really. For myself yeah absolutely and so i think the key message from there as well is it's about consistency so having a plan um mm-hmm. but, but then being super consistent and obviously that that's absolutely true in any sort of sporting endeavor particularly when you know in your case with an, an you know, ultra endurance running or you know long form uh tri- triathlon consistency really is the key in, in all aspects of getting you to both the start line and the finish line and a very important bit in between those two lines. <laughs> oh, sure. But at the same is true in business, right? I mean, we, we have to be consistent. We have to have a plan. Um, we have to have systems and processes in place, but we have to be consistent. No question about it. Um, I mean, from your perspective, you mentioned nutrition, hydration, of course. They're not only necessary for life, but they're not they're necessary for optimal performance in life. And certainly in, in sporting endeavors, that's true. But actually, you could argue that nutrition, hydration, Actually, they're just super important if you want to uh, achieve your, you know, your absolute potential in life. Well, you're not going to achieve that if you're pouring crap into you, into your body that is your engine, I suppose. But uh, so other than hydration and nutrition, which, of course, you and I could talk about for hours, what other aspects of what you coach do you think are, I guess, really crucial, critical? The ones that you, you, if you overlook them, it ain't going to work properly. Uh, in terms of just to clarify, like in terms of the training plan, or more so um, in terms of like the the similarities between running and oh, I guess um, so. Bigger picture, so hydration, nutrition are subjects. I mean, uh, consistency is important. I mean, mindset, for example, how the mindset in what we do in a you know, a long running or triathlon race, and how that again the parallels we can draw with the business environment. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's the belief in self is just paramount. And if you don't think you can do something, then you're not going to start to take the action. So it obviously has to occur in your mind before it can occur in real life. Um, And that belief in self and uh, for myself, belief in those that I coach is paramount. And so when I first get, you know, runners, triathletes come to me, there's, they've got like this glimmer of belief. They're almost like, I think I can do it. And that's where they'll they'll come on board. And then I have 100% certainty from the start Okay, I've worked with runners that are basically just beginning and then they want to maybe do a 50K or a marathon. And so we take them from like even doing like a run walk through to being able to run and finish the marathon, be absolutely stoked with it. And so that belief comes from the knowledge and the skill set that I have in that, you know, that area. I know that they can take anyone to the finish um, if they've got the right mindset, they're prepared to put in the consistency. But the ability for that to be developed actually comes over time. And so that's basically where you need to put in steps or go through a process to actually allow that to occur. And from there, we might have the belief, but we've got to be able to recover from setbacks. And setbacks occur whenever. You might have a bad training set. You might, you know, there was a guy that I spoke to the other day. He slipped and fell on the trail and broke his toe. It's like out of his control largely, but he now has to basically go through that setback and then continue to where he wants to be. And so that parallels what we have to do in business. Because if I don't believe in myself, whatever I'm in, then how can those people that I'm working with believe in me? That's a lot of what they're coming to me for. 
Okay, they want the certainty, they want the confidence that I have, they want the knowledge and the experience that I've got to be able to achieve their outcome. And so that's really, you know, paramount. Um, And that, you know, that's something you take with you everywhere in life. So I guess like a story that comes to my mind from if we're talking about the long distance running is a guy that I coached, he was doing his first 100 miler. Uh, So 100 miler for those in Australia is 160 kilometres. So it's a bloody long way. Four, four, Four marathons, basically. Yeah, four marathons. And the ultras have a habit of they don't like it to be flat. They like it to be up the hills, down the hills, over the, you know, over the mountain, um, through the creeks, etc. And so he'd done a few races, so had a solid background. And he was running, and I, I was in Adelaide. He, this was up in Brisbane at the Brisbane Trail Ultra. And I'm following along on the computer, and, like, they get through the checkpoints. And then I'm like, something's happened. I'm like, this is weird. It was just, like, consistent, 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 nothing. And I'm like, he's not going to have done his pacing out by now. He's, he's only 70K in, 80K in. So then he started to go through the checkpoints and it was just slower and slower. And, you know, luckily he still finished. And I spoke to him after and I was like, you know, what was up? What happened? And he was coming down a hill and he kicked a rock and it basically ended up meaning that he um, put a slight tear in his quad any given day nothing much but to then try and run 100 kilometers on that it just gradually intensified and intensified and intensified and so he's then had to go through different aid stations where he could pull out okay so get a dnf withdraw from the race but that wasn't why he signed up and so he's basically gone okay yep it's not ideal i've got to recover from this and i've got to keep pushing through and so it ended up taking him i think about 12 hours longer because he ended up having to walk most of it because he wasn't able to run anymore but he still managed to progress work through all those setbacks and got to the finish line and for me it's just this golden story of you can get the worst put at you it can throw plan a plan b plan c out of the works you got to think on your feet you're tired you're sleep deprived because he's ended up being out there for over 24 hours but he's still finished and he still achieved his goal of finishing his first miler and to me that's pretty special and that's really what business is okay it is not a sprint is a freaking ultra marathon of many, many years. And so, yeah, I think there's lots of parallels that we can take out of that and just apply to what we're doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm guessing the learnings that 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 athlete had from that as well would have been massive. The mental fortitude that he would have been building during that whole process and getting across the finish line would have been spectacular. But um, you're right. I mean, it's the perfect metaphor really for, for business life and life in general, really. But let's say business life, you're right. Because no aspect of business is just this lovely perfect asphalt road on the flat in front of you with no headwind. Um, in fact, let's say it's got a slight decline and it's just you rolling along, whether you're on wheels or your feet. That's not real, is it? We have ups and downs. There are mountains in the way sometimes. We have to overcome those mountains. You know, sometimes there's a headwind, sometimes there's a tailwind. And, and you have to have everything in balance. It has to, you know, everything has to go to plan. But if we believe that it will, we're foolish. So having, I know that with my racing, uh, my coach, I would never go into a race without a plan B. I rarely needed it. I I did call on it a few times, but even just having the confidence of knowing there was a plan B, Mm -hmm. I found that empowering, Um, even though I often didn't need it because my plan A kind of went all right. (laughs) But the same, you've got to have a contingency plan. I mean, it's the same in business. You need a contingency plan. You've got to assume at some stage, not everything's going to go perfectly. 
And and like your athlete, who um, congratulations to him or her, I think you said him. We we learn along the way, like we're learning lessons the whole way, aren't we? And I guess if we're aware of that, then the depth of those learnings is greater. And certainly, mental developing mental fortitude. Yeah, same in business. Exactly the same in business. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big. Um, I'm not sure if you've read a book by Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, I should say, called Mindset. But I'm a real big fan of her her work, and basically, it's looking at a fixed mindset and a growth mindset making sure that we can consistently put in place the ability to actually transition um, ourselves into a growth mindset because it's when we're in a growth mindset that we actually have the ability to improve. Whereas if we flip to a fixed mindset, then that's where we can start to basically doubt ourselves. And obviously it goes into far more depth than I can explain here. But for me, really the key takeaway was that, or a couple of key takeaways that in any part of our life, we can be in a fixed mindset in one um, position and a growth mindset in another. So I might, for instance, in my running, be really confident and have a growth mindset, but in my business, actually, in particular areas, say advertising, I might have a, a fixed mindset, whereas my ability to deliver my product might actually be a growth mindset. And so with that knowledge, we can actually look to transition all parts of our life to having that growth mindset. Because it's until we're in a growth mindset, we can't actually achieve what we're trying to. And so that's really important. And I guess for myself as a coach, one of the key things that we do is give feedback. And that's also what has to happen in business. So you're getting feedback, which could be from others on the team, could be externally from other you know, people you're working with, or it could be actually from clients. And so the ability to actually take that feedback on and make sure that it focuses on the process and what you've done well within the process to achieve the outcome as opposed to solely focusing on the outcome. Because if we focus solely on the outcome, then that can actually quite quickly transition us to a fixed mindset of I wasn't good enough um, and all our fear starts to come out. Whereas if we make sure that we frame it so that it's what did we do well within the process that achieved the outcome, then we can continue to look to improve the process and that will ultimately end up allowing us to achieve better and better outcomes. And there's no question the the level of you know, the, the coaching that you offer, I, I know, is invaluable to your athletes. It made me think about um, a subject that is relatively new for me, um, uh, positive psychology. I, I'm dabbling in it now because I was fortunate enough to, uh, to interview a guy called Ross, who is a behavioral uh, science specialist and is qualified in the, in the field of positive psychology. And it, that conversation sparked enough interest in me where I'm, I'm now dabbling in it, let's say. But um, if we talk about the pessimistic and often optimistic viewpoints and thinking here about mindset. It's not uncommon uh, the world I'm in where you know, everyday athletes who I interact with will pop up and go, oh, you know, I, I've injured whatever body part it is. I, I can't train now. It's, well, <laughs> that's certainly one way of looking at it. And one thing I love about triathlon, of course, is having the three disciplines plus, of course, all of the other supportive training around that. But um, so let's say they, they can't run, for example. The other mindset is, well, okay, what can you do? Because with some running injuries, you can still ride a bike, no problem. And for sure, you can swim. (laughs) You can certainly swim. And there's stuff in the gym that you can do. And so even just that switch of mindset, and I think about your your, story you used with the the ultra run. You know, when he hit hit that stone and and injured his quad, I guess, yeah, the pessimistic approach would have been, well, I'm done. I'm not going to achieve my targets, um, I'm, and so I'm done. 
and just pull out at the next aid station. Or what he did do instead was to go, well, all right, I, I can't do what I planned, but what can I do? Well, if I can't run, I can walk. All right, then. That's what I'm now going to do. I'm going to walk because I can. And I think that just that at that very basic level of mindset, it's so powerful and, and empowering. And, and certainly anything we can do to help um, everyday athletes kind of understand that and to adopt that mindset, which, of course, comes with training, with practice, with mindfulness, for sure. But that, I guess that's that's why you're here. That's why you're there for your athletes. And certainly on the rare occasion, you know, on the occasions I get invited to be a part of that story. Yeah, that, that's certainly the approach I often adopt. Oh, absolutely. There's like for for everyone who's training for anything, and that could be just you want to be fit to be able to, you know, um, succeed better at life or at your job. We can totally take that strengths-based approach. And so where you've outlined, I guess, more so in a triathlon perspective there where you can't run, you can swim you can bike ride, you can potentially do strength. It actually, for me, it goes much broader than that for the everyday person. And so they might not be able to, for instance, you know, say their shoulder might be sore. So they might not be able to, for instance, play tennis, but they can ride their bike. Okay. If they can't do ride their bike, then they might be able to go for a walk. Okay. If they can't do, uh, for instance, a particular regime at say CrossFit or um, the the gym, there's always something else that you can do or another way that you can achieve that outcome. And so that's not purely, I guess, in the disciplines, but actually going broader than that to, you know, it might be that triathlon isn't your thing, but you can rock climb or you can go out for a kayak on the water. And so that basically that ability to cross train within an urban setting is just so, so powerful. And to keep that variety in there, keeps people motivated, keeps them engaged. And that's really what we're after. Yeah, absolutely. And in that example, it's an opportunity to work on weaknesses as well. I mean, I'm uh, a friend and training buddy uh, at the moment, a lady called Georgette. She's hurt her knee. Um, So she spent the last three months advancing so far in her swimming because that's one of the things she can really do. And so she's taken the opportunity of going, all right, well, I'm out of action for a while. And therefore, I will work on my weaknesses. But look, it's similar in a business environment. Let's say if we wanted to, we're going to launch a new product. And we're going to go full bore. We're going to run social media ads. We're going to we're going to do everything, but we don't have the budget for it. Hmm. Okay, so what can we do with what we've got? Yeah. It's the same mindset, isn't it? It's exactly the same mindset. And you figure out what you can do with what you've got. So it works. Yeah, business life, personal life, sport yeah. life, whatever it is. Yeah, for for me in business, when as I mentioned, I started as a teacher, and way back then, I I had no idea. I'm not going to lie. And so I basically decided, cool, I'm, you know, going to transition from teaching to coaching and I got no one. I got crickets. Okay. <laughs> and so I could have gone and I'm, in, I'm like, well, I've got, you know, all this experience. I really understand what I'm doing. I think I've got a lot of value to offer people. And it's like no one. And I was fortunate I still um, was teaching and things at the time, but I could have used that and gone, oh, well, guess that means I'm not a good coach. That's it and left it there, but it wasn't in my upbringing because that's not what I knew from sports. Like, okay, well, I've got a pretty big setback here. What am I going to put in place to change that? What am I, what do I not know that I have to change? And so straight away, it was basically like just having the carpet ripped out from under you. And it was like, okay, so that's cool. 
well, there's only one way up. Like <laughs> I can't go backwards. And so therefore I had to literally go, cool, let's, let's learn about this. Let's, you know, progress and build. And so I guess for me, I understood the coaching side of things, but I didn't understand everything else that needed to happen. And I'm, you know, hundred percent confident in that now. And, you know, down the track, as you said, I've got a couple of books, I've got, you know, people that I'm coaching, they're setting awesome times, but it wasn't always like that. And so people see, where you are now, but they don't necessarily know where you've come from. And so that's where we actually have to go, well, okay, what has this person done and how have they got there? And that's open to anyone in any endeavor if you're prepared to put in place the steps that allow you to get there. And that's often being open to, you know, the help and the support. As we said, going back to the one percenters, the growth mindset, all of that collectively comes together to allow you to achieve your full human potential, which I certainly know is something that we both believe in. And that can be from an elite athlete right down to an everyday athlete. It's just, there's no difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for anyone, I'm conscious of time, for anyone who's um, listening to this or watching this, who has that little bit of fire in their belly to do a, a longer distance run or a longer distance triathlon and isn't quite sure if they've got what it takes or any of those normal little nagometers and doubters that we have inside ourselves, what would you say to them? Uh, believe in yourself, 100%. Um, that's, that's always what I come back to. Just that belief you can do it. I'll probably say go grab my book because that'll give you a good stepping stone. Um, that's, yeah. that's totally lined up for you there. But, yeah, and that's, that's what I actually, that's how I started. It's about believing in yourself first and foremost and then just being prepared to actually go over the journey and grow um, and see where it takes you. Uh, but don't hold back. So many people hold back through fear that they're not going to achieve it and that's the first hurdle that you just got to get over. Um, and typically when people then do start, whether it be the first time they're coming to start exercising or, as you said, someone that's wanting to take things further because they have been exercising regularly, then you know, by putting that self-doubt behind you and just launching in, five years later, they look back and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm just so proud of what I've done, what I've achieved and how far I've come. And then they're normally the ones motivating everyone else to do exactly the same. And that's pretty special. Absolutely. I, I my In my experience, and I say, yeah, I was the person you just described, by the way, and, and so no question, I've been there, done that. I had all the self-doubt and everything else. I used to describe myself as a triathlete, try with a Y, athlete. Uh, <laughs> until I, and, and I, my first Iron Distinct event, you know, that was, I got the tattoo on my leg. That was for me, you know, a huge achievement as it is for anyone. But what was interesting for me was once I'd achieved that goal, once I knew I could do it because I'd done it, I actually, I did a whole bunch more, but then started looking, well, all right, how much further can I go? What can I do? And so I, I often say to, you know, if I'm coaching people there, they say, oh, I, want, I want to run a, you know, oh, I could never run a half marathon. I said, well, you know what, let's train you for a marathon then. And as soon as you do that, the half marathon, as soon as you give them permission to believe that they could do the full marathon, well, the half marathon isn't such a big leap anymore. And that's the reality uh, because it just helped people overcome those, those uh, self-doubt. And by default, I'm saying, well, of course, I think you could run a marathon if you want to. And you've got the time and willingness to train. Of course, you can run a marathon. There's no question in my mind, which is what you said, 100% belief. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating. The human psychology, fascinating subject. But, um, Nick, is there anything else you'd uh, like to say? If, um, let's say people did want to go and get a copy of your book, either Journey to 100 or The Kona Journey. Where would they go to grab that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so 
they'd either go to um, Amazon um, or Booktopia for those in Australia. Uh, it's also on uh, both my websites, so www.theconajourney.com and www.theultrajourney.com. So, yeah, it can be picked up there. Also, if anyone wants to connect with me, I've also got uh, similar channels on Instagram as well. So, yeah, feel free to reach out um, and I, you know, if I can help anyone. If they're ever down in Adelaide and want to know where to run, feel free to sing out. But, you know, Australia is such a great fun. And if, someone, um, and if someone was, and I'll put all of those links in the show notes, of course, uh, and if someone was just was thinking and they think they're keen, but they're not sure and wanted to have a chat with you, is that something that is possible? They can have a chat. There's no obligation, no cost. They can just have a chat with you and just sand out what, whether it's what they want to do and therefore how you can help them in that endeavor. Is that something you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the best option then is just to drop us an email through um, either on my website, um, through the contact, and that's where I can then basically find out what your goals are, you know, whether that's someone looking to progress to their first marathon or someone looking to progress to their first 50 or 100K ultra marathon, um, or likewise with the triathlon side of things. And yeah, then I basically, I offer one-on-one coaching. I've also got the Ultra Club, um, which is being set up, which is basically a membership platform and a training plan that works with all that. And very soon, I hope to have the same thing paralleled with the Kona journey. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, there's plenty of options there depending on where they are at in that stage um, of progression and whether they want the one-on-one approach or they want, you know, basically a collective like-minded group of people that they want to be part of. Yeah, fantastic. No, and, and I know that the strength of the community that you have built and are building is just phenomenal. So congratulations on everything you have done and are doing. And I'm certainly excited to uh, to, to stay in touch with you and uh, see how the journey unfolds. And I'm sure it's not the last time our paths are going to cross. I don't think so. Given given your background, um, I was most impressed. So um, yeah, when we when we can, we'll definitely have to tee up a run together. Exactly right. Uh, that would be wonderful. I appreciate your time, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing everything and uh, look forward to chatting again. Thanks for having me on here. See you guys. Well, there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this, please go ahead and leave a review. It helps more than you know. And if you think that one of your training buddies would also enjoy this, go ahead and share it with them right now. Thank you once again, and until next time, train smart and train safe.